Let's turn to 50, uh, 52. 52. Amen. I'm thankful that uh, he's holding their hand today, aren't you? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pep it up a little bit. Praise God. Yeah. 
around fellowship one with another as the choir comes down. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful today that Jesus is holding my hand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes He's got to carry me along the way. Amen. Amen. But I'm just glad that uh, He's with me this morning, aren't you? Amen. It is good to be in the Lord's house today. And uh, boy, that that's one of those songs that just kind of goes in every which direction. Amen. You got one part going one way and another part coming the other way, but at the end of the road, we all just come together. Praise God. But, uh, amen. I do appreciate you being here today in the Lord's house, uh, January 15th. It doesn't seem possible, but we're already halfway through the month of January. Uh, I tell you, time doesn't waste any time, does it? It just uh, moves right along. Amen. Praise God, and I tell you, woke up, woke up this morning, frost on the windshield, amen, it's awfully cold, but at least um, we weren't just uh, snowed in, and we're able to come to church, hallelujah. Boy, I tell you, that's one thing I'm, I'm thankful for, I don't want to ever forget just how blessed and privileged we are to come to God's house, amen? Amen, one of the best uh, things that we have in life, one of the best privileges and blessings is to... Uh, to come and assemble ourselves together with brothers and sisters in Christ. I may, you may not look forward to seeing me. Amen. Don't answer that. Hallelujah. But I do look forward to seeing you. Certainly. Amen. Thank God for our church family. And uh, amen. Uh, good to have some visitors with us this morning. But boy, it sure is good to have Sam and Barbie back, isn't it? Amen. I just couldn't hide it. You know. Sometimes if you let somebody know just how much they mean to you, that'll do you more harm than it will good. 
but I just can't, uh, I couldn't hide it. I missed them. It just hadn't been the same without them, and it's good to see them again. Praise God. Amen. Love them dearly. Thankful uh, for them. And uh, amen. Sam, you feeling better? All right, praise God. Well, you got Barbie to keep you straight, right? Yes. Good luck, Barbie. That's all I know to say. Amen, praise God. All right, just by way of announcements, I think uh, Miss Maria told me that uh, we're pretty much good to go with snacks now. Thank you, everyone who's uh, stepped up to the plate and brought snacks uh, for our youth uh, ministry. And I think she's good to go there and um, amen. But we do appreciate your participation and support. I encourage you to continue to pray for this ministry as God continues to bless it. I set a record for the number of kids picked up on one van this past Wednesday night. You say, how many? I ain't telling you. You'll call the police on me. Amen. But I appreciate our young people, don't you? Appreciate the work that God's doing in that ministry. I do want to remind you this afternoon, or excuse me, tonight, we will have a guest uh, preacher, Michael Compton, uh, from Rogersville Baptist Temple, uh, will bring the message tonight. Uh, some of you may remember Michael and his family were with us every single night of this year's revival meeting, and uh, he is a preacher. He's out of uh, Brother Rackley's church, and I told him after the first of the year I was going to get him here to preach for us, give him an opportunity, and tonight's that night. So uh, I tell you, somebody that's willing to come every night from Rogersville to our meeting, uh, surely we can show up to support him uh, when he preaches for us this evening. So, yeah, yeah, Michael's... I, oh, age is relative, uh, Sam. For some of you, Michael may be old or younger, but for me, he's certainly older. Yeah, amen. But... Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Also, we're going to have choir practice this afternoon. Don't you appreciate our choir? Amen. And they've done such a good job. And we're not going to do this every week by no means, but we will uh, at least once or twice a month get together and try to work on uh, polishing, us, uh, polish, polishing ourselves up and making us... Well, we may not look any better. Amen. But at least we'll sound a little better. Praise God. So uh, choir come out 4.30 this afternoon. And uh, we'll um, we'll work on some music. Uh, all right, just by way of um, a prayer request, well, I'll mention this also. I, I think I've told you I have started the Trumpet uh, Series Bible Study Broadcast back. If you're interested in listening to that or watching it, uh, you can do so. We go live uh, uh, at least Tuesday through Friday um, throughout the week, and then all of those uh, episodes are uploaded to YouTube and then we uh, do a podcast as well. You can find all of that by way of uh, Facebook. So praise God for that ministry. Just by prayer requests, let's continue to remember uh, Matt Cutchall. We need to remember him and Reconciliation Ministries. Uh, continue to remember uh, Lyle's mother, Lula. Uh, pray for Otis uh, Melton. Remember uh, him in prayer. Good to have Miss Grace back with us. Amen. Uh, continue to remember her health also. Uh, pray for LV Nice. I visited with him this week. He needs our prayers. Uh, amen. Continue to remember Sam uh, and Barbie. Uh, Sam uh, still dealing with a kidney stone. Uh, and uh, also he's got surgery coming up at the end of the month. So remember uh, him as well and Miss Barbie as she takes care of him. Right? <laughs> I think she needs more prayer than Sam does, to be honest with you. But uh, also... Uh, continue to pray for Miss um, Linda Coggins as Linda 
has surgery scheduled uh, at the end of the month as well. So remember her in prayer. Um, let's see, continue to remember my dad as he's been struggling some health-wise. Uh, pray for him. I noticed uh, none of the Knights are here today, Michael, Joanne, and Anthony. So uh, remember them in prayer. My aunt, or my cousin, Richie Waddell, has been struggling health-wise. Miss Ashley Fender, I visited her last Sunday in the hospital. She is now... Um, with uh, she is now with Karen and Lynn, her 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 mom and stepdad. But pray especially for Karen as she takes care of Ashley, and then she's trying to take care of Lynn as well. Remember them in prayer. Pray for Bob and Pat Price. They need our prayers. Um, amen. And um, we just got a, a long list. I'm not going to point every one of them out, but uh, these requests down through here are. are um, uh, prayer requests that you've given to us over the last uh, few services. So I'll give you an opportunity to add any to the list that you'd like to at this time. Prayer gathering oh yeah, we've got the prayer gathering uh, this upcoming Saturday at um, Amen uh, 11 o'clock uh, a.m. in the morning uh, at, there at the courthouse. And if for some reason it's cold, we usually provide an indoor area. Uh, amen. But boy, we need to be praying, don't we, church? Uh, more so now than we ever have uh, our nation, our community. Well, we could go on and on. I, I will say this, uh, you know, just really, really uh, broke my heart this week to see uh, over 200 of our representatives, and, and I'm just going to say it because, uh, you know, if they didn't want it to be public, they should have voted in a different direction. But uh, over 200 Democrats, um, amen, voted <laughs> not to protect babies that are born outside of a mother's womb. That's hard to fathom, isn't it, church? Amen. Amen. I tell you what, uh, we, and then they, they, they were bragging about it. One of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the ladies that voted, in fa- or voted against that protective right, she uh, attempted to quote uh, Jeremiah, um, where you know, the Bible says that before I... Uh, formed thee before I knew, or before I formed thee, I knew thee uh, in thy mother's womb, and trying to emphasize the fact that it was the mother's womb. Well, it might have been, but it's God's baby. Praise God! And what a sad thing that is. Uh, we need to pray, church. Amen. Somebody else this morning. The Cecil Hobson family. Others. Mark Floors. Mark Floors, remember him in prayer? Shores. I'm sorry, Lyle. My brains. I knew I wasn't right. I just couldn't figure out where I was messing it up. Somebody else? Uh, Sherry Calkin. Cheryl Davis, I'm okay. Miss Cheryl, we visited her this week, and uh, she's doing better than she was, but she still needs our prayers. Dad, did you have another one? Dan Clark. Dan Clark. Others today. Go ahead, Tyler.
remember uh, Tyler's dad, Randy, uh, and his health, and then your uncle. Did you say KB? Kevin Brown. All right. Others today. Elizabeth Newton and then Reagan Brown. And I can't forget, we've got a little youngin that's uh, hobbling around on crutches. Where's she at? Don't hide. Raise your hand, honey. Miss Aislin is, uh, amen. She broke her, what'd you say, tibula? Is that right? Tibula. Basically, she broke her ankle. Amen. I thought at first maybe she's just wanting attention, but I don't think that's the case. So, pray for Miss Little Aislin. Now she said, "Now I can get all the attention." Amen. These kids—they're smart, aren't they? Amen. Hallelujah. Remember Little Aislin in prayer. Others, other prayer request. Pray for Miss Betty Fiesel as she's not feeling well today. A lot of sickness still going around. Anyone else? Amen. And one more thing. You know me, I'm always in Go ahead. You gotta be kidding. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. So 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 the world's falling apart right in front of our nose. Oh Lord, don't get me started this morning. Because we're racist. Okay. Oh Lord. Y'all are threatening to change my message this morning. Praise God. Amen. My goodness. Amen. We are very, very close to things that we've been told were going to happen. Uh, Closer than we can imagine. And uh, time is short and we better better, uh, get close to God and we better stay close to Him. Amen? Because we don't know what we're going to face before uh, this thing winds down. Amen. Yeah, go ahead, Barbie. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to the Lord's return, aren't you? 
But the sad part about it is that uh, there's going to be many who are left behind and unprepared. And that ought to break our hearts. That ought to motivate us to uh, tell as many as we can before it's too late. Amen, Barbie. That's good. Somebody else this morning. Laney, you got a prayer request? Okay, remember her daddy in prayer. Amen. How many of you will make that a special request, Zach? Amen. Remember him in prayer. That's good, sweetheart. Amen. Anyone else? Unspoken request today by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to mention. Amen. Pray for me. I desire your prayers as I preach this morning that the Lord would use me to, to be a help and a blessing to the church. Uh, we'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Michael Barham, would you lead us in prayer, sir? Father, we love you today. Lord, we just thank you, God, so much for this uh, privilege we have to come into your house, Lord, and uh, worship together, Lord, as a church family. Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, for this another day, Lord, that you've bestowed upon us. Lord, I pray, Father, that, uh, God, you'd help us, Lord, just to... Uh, Continually to be soberly reminded, God, Lord, of the, uh, uh, God, just the, uh, the desperate times that we're living in. And God, uh, God, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't uh, be afraid, uh, Lord, uh, that it would not uh, permeate an out of, attitude of fear within us. But God, I pray that we would just continue, Lord, to, to allow it to stir our hearts, Lord, to become... Uh, Lord, uh, faithful about the Father's business, God, that you've given us to do. Lord, I pray, God, bless our church service today. Lord, I know that there's many different uh, reasons, uh, Lord, for us being here. Many burdens, God, many hardships, many, uh, Lord, uh, afflictions, God. And, Lord, we want to be sensitive to that. Lord, we want to recognize, God, uh, Lord, the heaviness, God, the ways on the lives of your people. But God, help us to be excited, Lord, uh, Father, about that which we have to look forward to. We're closer home now than we've ever been. And God, Lord, our heart's desire today is even so. Come, Lord Jesus. Bless, Father, uh, Matt. And uh, Lord, I pray for Reconciliation Ministries. I pray for Miss Lula. I pray for Otis. I pray for Aislinn. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, for Miss Grace and her health. Bless uh, LV. Uh, Lord, I pray for Sam and Barbie. I pray for Uncle Kenny today. I pray for uh, Miss Linda uh, Coggins. I pray, God, that you bless uh, Father, uh, uh, Lord Bill Carter. Bless my dad. Lord, I pray for Dan Clark. I pray for Richie. pray for Danielle Owens. Bless her. pray for Ashley Fender. I pray, God, for uh, the Cecil Hobson family. I pray for Mark Shores. I pray for Cheryl Davis. I pray for Randy Brown. I pray for Kevin Brown. 
Lord, I pray for Miss Denise and that family sickness there. I pray for Elizabeth Newton. I pray for uh, Reagan Brown, Lord. I pray, Father, for Betty Fiesel. Lord, I pray, God, for Debbie Saint. God, uh, Lord, bless our pastors. Lord, certainly bless uh, situations, God, all over this country. Lord, all over this world, Father. Uh, Lord, darkness, God, is coming soon, Lord. And, uh, Father, Lord, the storm clouds are gathering, Father, but I'm thankful, uh, Lord, that helps all the way, and that's through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we commit our service to Thee, and we pray that You might... Uh, Lord, be pleased with everything that's, uh, that takes place here today. And we're going to praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. It's always good to pray. We'll have uh, our ushers come forward at this time. If we could have a couple of uh, children come up this morning. I need two kids. Amen. Yes, we've got them right there. Get your sister to come with you. Oh, we got one right here. Cruz, yeah, you're good. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I didn't say Okay, yes, uh, just in case that you don't know, the uh, children's offering that we receive is for missions. This is uh, uh, to, to supplement our missions ministry when we receive these children's missionary offerings. So uh, you give as the Lord would have you. Give you change, all you loose change, all you people that's got more money coming at your ears than you know what to do with. Just put all that loose change there uh, in the children's buckets. Praise God. Uh, Anthony, you lead us in prayer today, sir. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today and we're just thankful again to be in your house. Bless our time here this morning, Lord, for your spirit on Brother Nick as he preaches your word. And Lord, just again, we're thankful to give back to you and just pray to you, Lord. Take this and just use as you see fit. Love you and praise you. It's in Christ name we pray. Amen. All right. You stand and take a red or a blue. Goodness. Y'all pray for me today. A gold. I'll get the color right. Before it's all said and done, a gold. I said a red back, a blue back, and now finally a gold hymnal. 256 this morning. 256. Goodness gracious. I'm thankful I'm washed in the blood today, aren't you? Quit laughing, Tyler. <laughs> Have you been to Jesus by cleansing? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? Daily by the Savior's side Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
Rest each moment in the crucified Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? The soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments Spotless are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the on the third now when the bridegroom will your robes be white pure and white in the blood of the Lamb will your souls be for mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Sing it out now. Are ye washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white? Are ye washed in the blood of the Lamb? And the last now lay aside the garments that are stained and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Done flowing for the soul clean. in the blood. Sing it out now. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul, blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Turn to 566. 566. I'm thankful I know what it is to be washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Because of that, I can praise Him this morning. Amen. That's why we gather from service to service. We're here to praise, uh, to honor, and to worship the name of our Savior. Amen. This wonderful Fanny Crosby song, let's lift it up today. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O oh, earth, His wonderful Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children in His arms. He carries them all day long. Praise Him, praise Him, His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He our rock, hope of eternal salvation. Hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, 
Jesus who bore our sorrows, love unbounded, wonderful, deep, and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. And the last, praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, Savior, reigneth for. Do you believe that today? Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Amen. You can be seated. Holly, could you and Ashley sing this morning? Josh to do this for us. <laughs> I didn't ever think women had a problem making decisions. I wish we could do blood. For all he's done. Okay. Okay. There. there. Yeah. Uh, we'll start in C. D, D flat to D.
every morning when I wake to see the sun, I can't help but think about the Lord and all the things He's done. He meets my every need. You know He's been so good to me. And I can't help but praise the Lord for all He's done. For all He's done. I'm going to lift my hands and praise Him for all He's done. I'm trying to live my life to please Him, even though I don't deserve to live. Just begun, and I can't help but praise the Lord for all He's done. There were many things that I could praise God for, and if I started now until I die, there'd still be many more. If I could mention only one, I'd have to thank him for his son. Now that's enough to praise the Lord for all he's done. For all he's done. I'm going to lift my hands and praise him for all he's done. I try to live my life. But praise the Lord for all He's done, for all He's done. I'm going to lift my hands and praise Him for all He's done. I'm trying to live my life to please Him, even though I don't deserve to live. My life is just begun, and I can't help but praise the Lord for all He's done. Till the storm passes, Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Boy, we can thank the Lord for so many things, but I'm glad that He's our storm shelter today, aren't you? And I'm glad that regardless of what life brings our way, He's going to keep us safe till the storm passes by. Do you believe that this morning? Worship Him today, church. This altar's open.
and the storm passes by. And why should I worry? Why should I fear when the very same Jesus stays always near and lives in my this church said, peace be still. You think about that. A God that has power over nature. He's the same God that I bow my knee to every day. And when I have a need, when I have a problem, if I'll just call His name, Amen? He'll keep me safe till the storm passes by. Do you believe that today? I don't know what kind of storms that we're going to face before this thing winds down. I've got a good idea that there'll be more uh, in the future than there have been in the past, you say, preacher, because the Bible tells me there's going to be. Amen. But I'm thankful that there's a storm shelter uh, for all of life's storms. Friend, you, may, you don't know what you may face next week. You don't know what kind of tragedy is going to strike your home. Suddenly, well, it's one thing I figured I found out a long time ago was about about tragedy as it usually comes when we least expect it. Amen. We better prepare for the storm before it comes, lest we be taken off guard and swept away by the currents of life's storms. Amen. Boy, I'll tell you, a good spirit in the Lord's house this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn with me to Matthew 11. Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11. I'm going to give you some words this morning that uh, struggled back and forth. Is this really where you want me to go, Lord? But I firmly believe this is God's will for the service today. Amen. Matthew chapter number 11. When you found your place, stand in reverence to the Word of God if you're able. If not, we understand certainly. Matthew 11, verse 28. If you found your place, say amen. Amen. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Verse 28, Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you believe that this morning, say amen. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet uh, indwelling presence, God of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Lord, the Bible says that you inhabit the praises of your people. So, Lord, the more we praise you, the more you're going to bless us with the outpouring of your, your spirit in our lives. And God, we thank you, God, that, uh, Lord, we stand here today saying that you've kept us safe. Lord, not necessarily from every storm that comes our way, but you have kept us safe through uh, the storms of life. And God, if you've done it for us before, you'll do it again. God, you're going to continue to do it until you call us home to glory. So Lord, I don't know why somebody needs to hear this this morning. Lord, certainly the devil has fought me. Uh, but God, Lord, you always, um, we always have and always will get the victory over Satan. No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. And I'm thankful for that. Lord, have you will in your way this morning. Speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, if there might be one amongst us that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, help them to come uh, to an old-fashioned altar and repent of their sins and trust uh, the Lord uh, for salvation today before it's too late. Storm's coming, Lord, and we better get in the boat before it's too late. And God, we're going to praise you for who you are and what you do. God, use me today. Lord, enlightened um, my eyes illuminate my mind. Lord, touch my lips, God, that they might be, uh, Lord, instruments and conduits of grace here today. And Lord, may everything that sin doesn't magnify the name of our Savior. In His name we pray. All God's people said, you may be seated. I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled The Yoke of Christ this morning. And I certainly draw my inspiration, those of you who faithfully attend Wednesday night's Bible studies. This is certainly not uh, uh, surprising to you. Uh, as we just finished up a study through Jeremiah chapter number 27 uh, that we entitled, Will We Wear the Yoke? And in those messages we talked about a sovereignly ordained bond, a burden, and a boundary that the Lord places uh, His people in under in the Old Testament by way of the Babylonian captivity as a form of chastisement and discipline that had occurred as a result of their sin. Aren't you thankful today that when you get out of line, the Lord knows how to straighten you out? Amen. Amen. Just like a father knows how to get the attention of his child. Amen. How, how, have you know, how, have you, how many of you know what it is for the Lord to jerk your chain? Praise God. And that's not always a pleasant experience when it happens, but down the road when you look back, back, back on it, you say, Lord, thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Because you need it. Amen. Ever, ever whooping. Amen. How many of you ever got a whooping from you, uh, in life growing up? Boy, I sure did. Uh, I deserved every one that I got. Amen. In fact, say amen right there, Dad. Praise God. <laughs> In fact, I think I could say that I should have got more than what I received. Now, if my brother was here this morning, he'd say that some of the whippings he got uh, were my fault. 
Amen. Us older brothers know how to deflect the guilt of responsibility on down the line. But I have to admit, I deserved every one that I received. Amen. And looking back, I'm thankful for it. Amen. Wouldn't be the man I am today if it hadn't been for the loving discipline of my father. I'm thankful we have a father in heaven that loves us enough to discipline us. In fact, the discipline and chastisement uh, of God entered upon our lives is one of the greatest evidences of our salvation. Amen. Uh, The Bible says that if any man uh, endure not the chastening of the Lord, he's a bastard, an illegitimate son. Amen. So I'm thankful when the Lord chastens me, it's just a reminder that I belong to Him and that I am His child. Uh, But today I want us to kind of come across this idea of a yoke from a, a, a different perspective. Uh, amen. But if we're saved, we have all been placed in under the yoke of Christ. And sometimes we want to look at that as a bad thing. Uh, in other words, we want to look at rules and borders and boundaries. Amen. Growing up, and my girls are at that right now, Daddy, why do you have rules for us? Amen. If you loved us, you'd just let us do what we wanted to do. Yeah, right. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful my daddy didn't just let me do what I wanted to do. Amen. And I'm thankful that the Lord has he's, he set some boundaries in the spiritual household, some do's and don'ts. In fact, He's put a heavenly harness uh, on me. I'm yoked up with Jesus. Can I get a witness today? How many of you are thankful uh, that you're yoked up with Jesus? Amen. I'm hooked up with Him. Hallelujah. I was hooked up with the devil. I was bound. I was a slave of Satan. But God set me free. But He didn't set me free to do what I want to do and to live any way I want to do. He, he, uh, he, he lovingly and gently placed His, his gentle yoke around my neck. Amen. I'm harnessed. I'm yoked up with Jesus. But you know what? And Mike, here we go. Mike's been getting on me the last two Wednesday nights. Saying, preacher, you're missing it. Hallelujah. And I just keep ignoring him. Here it is. Amen. A yoke is not to be worn individually. Anytime you see a yoke, there's two involved. So not only are we yoked up with Jesus, but we're yoked up with each other. Amen. I'm bound to you and you're bound to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whether you like it or not, uh, amen. Uh, we're part of the same family. Amen. We've got the same royal blood flowing through our veins. Join heirs with Jesus. That's what I've been preaching about on the trumpet series. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. And not only that, I'm an heir of God. Not only am I a son of God, I'm an heir of God. You know what that means? God's not just my father. How many of you are thankful that he's your father? Amen. You think about that. In the Old Testament, they could not refer to Jehovah as Father. They referred to Him as Lord and God. But we have an advantage over the Old Testament saints in that we can refer to the God who has power over the winds and the waves. Amen. He has power to tell the tornado where to go and where not to go. But yet that same power... Is our, that same God is our Father. 
But listen, he's not just our father. He's our daddy. He's our Abba. Amen? Or he's our Papa. Amen? You see, uh, now when I, go to dad, when I go to dad's house, I don't say, now, Father. <laughs> and it's all right, maybe some of you, and that's okay. I'm, I'm just saying there is an intimate, there is a more intimate uh, terminology that I use to address my father, and that's dad or daddy. That, that speaks of an intimacy and a closeness of fellowship that I have with him. Uh, it says, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we can cry unto Abba. Daddy, would you help me? Now us fathers, amen, uh, raise your hand if you're a father. If you know what it is to have children. Now, now what happens when, when you, even, uh, you listen, I, I don't care how old you get as a father if you hear those words, Daddy, would you help me? You know, there's just something internally built inside you that when you hear that, I, I, I mean, there ain't, there, there ain't a, a devil in hell that keep you from running to the aid of your children. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Yes. Them little girls, I mean, I like to aggravate them and give them a hard time. Not as nearly as hard a time as they like to give me, praise God. But l listen, I, I tell you what, if I ever heard them say, Daddy, would you help me? Bless God, if I could help them, I'd give my life to help my babies. But friend, I want to say to you that if you are God's child, amen, not only is He your father, but He's your Abby. Abba, He's your daddy. Amen. Daddy, would you help me? Papa, would you help me? And I promise you, He's not going to ignore your cry, but He's going to come running and meet your need. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Why? Because when I got saved... I got yoked up with him. But not just that, I'm yoked up with you and you're yoked up with me and we're hitched up together. We're a part of the same team. Involved in the same work and labor. Co-laborers together doing God's work. Amen. Praise God. But you know, Jesus said it best. These are the words of Christ coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So many truths we could get out of these verses, and, and we won't even scratch the surface today. But, um, you know, when I think about a yoke, I think about a design, device that was normally worn by a team of oxen that connects them to a plow so that they might effectively be able to plow or plow a field or tear, till up an area of farmland so that it may be prepared to receive seed and produce a crop. Is that a fair uh, description, uh, amen, of a yoke this morning? Some of you older folk, you may be more familiar with this way of plowing a field than some of us young whippersnappers are. Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever plowed a, a field with a yoke of oxen? Amen. Nobody? Anybody saw? You saw your daddy. Anybody see your, your, your parents or your grandparents plow a field with a yoke of oxen? Praise God. Hallelujah. I think I'd rather have the yoke. Amen. 
Amen. But when I think about a yoke, I think about a bond, a burden, and a bondage. But as we look at this specific yoke that we Christians have been invited to wear, it's an invitation. Uh, I like to think about it in another light, and we'll say that more about that in the message, but first of all, let's notice the invitation. Verse number 28, Jesus said, Come unto me. What an invitation that we have been invited to come unto the Lord. And I believe this is a twofold invitation. First of all, uh, there's the invitation to salvation. Amen. Before you can ever have fellowship with Christ or be in this intimate, before you can ever refer to God as your daddy or your Abba, you must first of all be birthed into His family. You know, that is, why, that is what gives me the authority and the credentials uh, to, uh, to call this man my Abba. Amen? Why? Because I've got a birth certificate that tells me that on October 18th, 1978, I was born into his family. Those are my credentials. Amen? That is the proof that I know I'm a part of this man's family. Well, I've got a heavenly birth certificate that tells me that I'm a part of the family of God. You say, preacher, what is it? It's the indwelling Holy Spirit of God living on the inside. You know, that's the greatest evidence to know that you truly are God's child is because the Holy Spirit of God dwells within your heart. Romans 8 9, if any man say that he has uh, not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. I'm saved because the Holy Ghost of God dwells within my heart. Amen. My house is a temple or a dwelling place of the very God who has the power over the winds of waves. The God who is the creator and sustainer of all things dwells within my heart. What, a, what an amazing truth. But friend, in order for that to be the case, you must be born again. And there is an invitation for everyone sitting under the sound of my voice this morning. The Bible says you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God except ye be born again. And to be born again doesn't, doesn't simply mean that we are a professor of Jesus Christ. That we believe in Jesus. The Bible says that the devil's in hell. Believe in Jesus. Amen. Don't you shortchange me. And try to, uh, to minimize my salvation and say that it's nothing more than an idea or a philosophy about who Jesus is? Oh no, friend. To be saved means that not only am I, am I a professor of Christ, but I am a possessor of the Holy Spirit of God. I've been birthed into God's family. Just as I was birthed into my dad's family, so also... Many years ago, I called on Jesus. I, I, I repented of my sins. I said yes to Jesus and no to sin. And at that moment, a miracle transpired. The Holy Spirit of God took that which was dead and breathed life into it. Amen. I was dead in my trespasses and in my sins. But on that day, the Holy Ghost breathed life into my soul. He quickened me. He made me alive. And I've never been the same. 
If that's never happened in your life, there is an invitation today. The Lord's saying to you right now, why don't you come unto me? Amen. All you that are laboring and heavy burdened, and I will give you the rest of salvation. How many of you know what it is to experience the rest of salvation? Amen. Before I got saved, I was wearied. I was burdened. Amen. This world is filled with people who are burdened. They are loaded down with the weights and the troubles and the trials and the heartaches of life. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe you just need to come and lay at Jesus' feet and allow, him to get, uh, allow you to enter into the rest of salvation. This morning, Revelation twenty-two seventeen, the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Isaiah 55, 1, However, one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. He's saying, come and get it. It's free. It's yours. I paid the price. All you have to do is accept and receive it for yourself. And as you own. You know the one condition for partaking of the water of life? The water of life is Jesus you got to be thirsty. That woman at the well. Amen. She came to that well, Jacob's well, every day looking for water. She thought she needed physical water. Jesus said, hey, woman, amen, you just take one drink of the water that I'll give you and you'll never thirst again. Jesus will satisfy the longing in your soul. He'll quench your thirst. And you've never drunk the kind of water until you drink what Jesus gives you. How many of you know what it is to drink of His water? Hallelujah. It's a whosoever will. It's available to all. If you're thirsty, amen, if, you're, if your lips... Uh, are, are chapped and, and your mouth is dry from wandering through the wilderness and the desert of this life, why don't you take a drink of Jesus and let Him quench your thirst today? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Wouldn't it be great for somebody to come to Jesus and be saved this morning, partake of the water of life, satisfy that thirsty uh, that thirst, thirsty desire that they have. But there's also an invitation for us Christians, and that is for fellowship and communion. Revelation 3, 3 amen. Well, it says, uh, uh, or amen, uh, uh, Revelation 3, 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. James 4, 8, Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Anything I need, just like uh, I, I've got access to Daddy's house. Any time I need, I just go knock on the door. Je Big Brother Jesus, He'll give me anything I need. Amen? Do you know that one of the greatest reasons you were created was for fellowship? The reason, you think about this. 
The reason God created you is because He wanted to have fellowship with you. Amen. That's what happened in the garden. Every day God came into the garden and He walked and talked with Adam and Eve until sin caused that fellowship to be broken. But yet Jesus restored the fellowship. And now you and I who are saved have an invitation to come to Jesus each and every single day and receive the rest that we need from Him. You, you, you know, let me just ask you, and let's just move on a little bit. The condition is those of us who labor and are heavy laden. Now this word labor here, it means to, to, to be wearied from working. Amen? You know, that's what work does. The natural consequence from labor is weariness and fatigue. Amen? Physically, the harder you work, the more tired you get. But there's a spiritual aspect of this as well. As we labor, amen, for the Lord. Amen. Anybody know what it is to labor for the Lord? And by the way, if you're yoked up with Jesus, the reason that you're yoked up with Him is, amen, uh, to, to get hitched up to the plow and go to work. Amen. To plow the field and plant the seed so that God will give a crop. But listen, sometimes laboring for Jesus causes you to become weary. Amen. It's a danger in your life spiritually. Elijah became weary. He just won the great victory on Mount Carmel. Amen. Just defeated the prophets of Baal, told Jezebel, uh, amen, to, to, to go take a hike. But yet, just a couple of days later, we see him wearied and under the juniper tree. He was discouraged. He was depressed. He was, he was so down and out that he was literally suicidal asking the Lord to kill him. I just want to lay down here and die. Alright? You know what I see in our world today? I see a lot of weariness. And I ain't talking about the worldly crowd. I'm talking about God's crowd. You know, weary Christians. Amen? It is the consequence of labor. What's the antidote rest? The antidote for weariness is rest. Alright. Here's what Paul said. He wrote it this way. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Friend, I'm telling you, what we see all over this world today, God's people, one, way, one after another, they're fainting. They're falling out. They're giving up. They're quitting. They've toiled. They've tried. They've done everything they know to do because they genuinely have a sincere desire to serve Jesus and live for Him. But they're becoming weary and well-doing. And they're not taking time to get the spiritual rest that they need. You know, rest is ordained by God. 
Did you know that rest is just as important as labor is? Let me say that again today because somebody needs to hear that. Rest is just as important as labor is in your life. God give us the example, did He not? In the book of Genesis. Six days God labored, but on the seventh day God rested. Amen? Amen? Uh, amen. And then when God gave the Ten Commandments, He gave, uh, amen, uh, the, the law of the Sabbath, which means that God's people were to work six days, but one day a week following the example of Jesus, or of God when He created the world. He rest. They were to rest. In fact, not only were they to rest daily, they were to rest yearly. In, in other words, they were to plow the field for six years, but on the seventh year they were to rest and to with, with, uh, refrain from sowing and reaping. And you know that one of the reasons that God judged His people when the Babylonian ca ca captivity came in is because they had neglected to observe the Sabbath year's rest. They had continued working rather than resting. And the 70 year Babylonian captivity was a judgment of the 70 years that God's people had shirked their responsibility to rest from their labor. You know what we do? We put all this pressure on ourselves to labor. And then we allow the devil to make us feel guilty when we rest. Now, I'm talking to me. I mean, one thing that I have had to learn in ministry, and I'm still not mastered it, amen, is I work, 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 and then it comes time for me to rest, and I'm miserable because I'm not doing something. I believe I can show you scripturally where it's just as much of a sin for you not to rest as it is for you not to labor. Oh, I feel conviction today. <laughs> Amen. From the pulpit to the pew. But friend, this, not, does not, this does not just involve a physical rest. It involves a spiritual rest as well. When Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is giving His people uh, a, a, a dictation, a command, a responsibility to make sure that in your life spiritually that you don't spend so much time laboring for Christ that you forget to come into Him and allow Him to give you the spiritual rest that you need as you saturate your life with His Word in your prayer life. Uh, this is illustrated in the life of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Amen. And there came a day where Jesus just liked to spend time with His friends. Jesus told Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was up there in that tree. Amen. Je Jesus knew He was up there. That's the whole reason He come down that road. It's because He wanted to spend time with Zacchaeus. He said, hey Zacchaeus, won't you come down today? We're going we're gonna to have fellowship at your house. 
Did you know that it is, and you think about how busy God is. God's got a whole lot of more irons in the fire than you do. Can I just say that? He's got a lot of more work to do than you do. But yet it is a priority for Him every day to make sure that He is willing to spend time with you. God wants to spend time resting with you. The question is, do we want to spend... We have that same desire. Friend, I'm telling you, if you're going to survive in your life spiritually, in this crazy rigmarole of a world where we just don't take time for nothing but work. We're always busy doing something. And this world has trained our minds to feel guilty about doing what God commanded us to do, and that is to take it easy and rest. And part of our daily rest comes by spending time fellowshipping with Him in His Word and in prayer. Man, you, you, you study Jesus' life. Jesus... You know, he'd work, he'd teach, he'd perform miracles. But then when they were, I mean, they were always wanting his attention, but the Bible says that there were times that he went away from the crowds to be alone with himself and his father, to get recharged, <laughs> to get rest, not just to minister to Christ and to minister for Christ, but to let God minister to him. Friend, you cannot effectively minister for Christ unless you're willing to take time to let Christ minister to you. And that only comes when you seek Him through rest. Spiritually. Every day. Uh, back to Mary and Martha. The Bible says Martha was cumbered about with much service. She was going around trying to get the meal ready. And she got mad at her sister because instead of helping her, Mary was at the feet of Jesus, learning from Him and listening to Him. And you know what? Jesus, she, Martha wanted, to rebuke, wanted Jesus to rebuke Mary for not helping her work. Jesus rebuked Martha. And He said, Your sister has chosen the better part. Sometimes it's more important to rest at His feet and learn from Him than it is to labor and try to get work done on His behalf. Do you know God can get things done a whole lot easier than you can? A lot of times we spend time toiling and working to fix this problem and to do this and to do that. When in reality, God said, if you just sit back and rest and learn from me and get close to me and fellowship with me, then you just sit back and watch what I do. God can fix our problems a whole lot easier than we can. Do you agree with that today? Men, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. It's a promise. If you need rest today, the Lord has promised to give you rest. But you cannot expect God uh, to relieve you of your weariness and your fatigue unless you're willing to comfort Come to Him as He's commanded you to do so. You know our problem as Christians, we want God to do all the work. We want God to do everything for us. Oh Lord, I need rest. Well, the Bible says come to me and I'll, I'll give you rest. Amen. Are, are, you, are you thinking about quitting? Are you in danger of giving up on God because the road's too 
too hard, all of the adversities and challenges you're facing in life, you're in danger of fainting. Amen. Lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Men ought always pray and not faint. Say, preacher, I, I'm just discouraged, I'm defeated, I'm depressed, I'm just tired. Anybody, I'm tired. Anybody else tired? I'm wearied. I'm run down. Isn't that a good way to say it? Well, Jesus said, I will give you rest, but you've got to be willing to come to me. You know our problem? We have not because we ask not. If you need rest, if you'll come to Jesus and ask Him for it, He'll give it to you. Well, isn't the Bible practical? They've been written 2,000 years ago and it still applies to our lives today. There's an affirmation, I'll give you rest, but now there's an instruction. And this almost seems like a, 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 a um, contradiction to everything Jesus just said. Then He says, after you rest, after you come unto Me, and get the rest and get refueled and refilled, amen, and fired up, then take my yoke upon you. But see, a lot of times we want to get the cart before the horse. Amen. We want to take upon ourselves the yoke of Christ without first coming to Him and getting the spiritual nourishment that we need so we'll be ready to take upon ourselves the yoke of Christ and to get busy serving the Lord. You'll never be able to serve Jesus and serve others. And that's what we've been commanded to do, is it not? Unless you first are willing to let Jesus serve you. Jesus or Peter did not want to let Jesus wash his feet. Jesus said, unless I wash your feet, you can't have any part of me. You will be ineffective in your service for Jesus unless you are willing daily to come before Jesus and let Him wash your feet through His Word and your prayer life. Oh, that's good preaching today. We need to quit. We need to put the horse before the cart. We're the cart. He's the horse. We need to get hitched up for him. Uh, hitched up to him. Hallelujah! But we gotta uh, come into him and allow him to give us rest, and then we take our yoke upon his yoke upon us. It's a threefold yoke. It is a yoke of service. Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. Part of your privilege of being yoked up with Christ is the opportunity that you have to be a servant for Him just as He was willing to be a servant for you. It is a labor of love. Man, we got too many lazy Christians. Amen. Uh, amen. Again, one, uh, one can't do it all by himself. It's a teamwork. A yoke involves a team of oxen or a team of horses yoked up together connected to Jesus and it's a beautiful thing when we come together and are connected to him and and all together as a team we plow the field and watch him give an increase amen 
It is a yoke of service. Amen. That's why you take time to rest. Is to rejuvenate yourself so that you can go out and take upon yourself Christ's yoke. Get, get harnessed up with Jesus and get busy and go to work for Him and on His behalf. We could say so many other things, but a yoke of suffering. It's a yoke of suffering. Part of Jesus' yoke that He bore for you, not only did He serve you, but He suffered for you as well. And if He did it for you, He expects you to do it for Him. Did you know, friend, that suffering is a part of God's will for your life? 1 Peter 4.19, Wherefore let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him and well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. 1 Thessalonians 3, 3 and 4, That no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Amen. We should expect to suffer. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. If any man suffers a Christian, let him rejoice on this behalf. The Bible says that when the disciples were were whipped and tortured and and released and they were commanded not to speak anymore in His name, they rejoiced. They walked out of the temple praising God that they were worthy to suffer shame for His name. And any kind of gospel that, that speaks otherwise gives you this idea that God's will is for your life to be free from suffering. That ain't according to the Bible that I read from, friend. You should expect to suffer. In fact, if you're not suffering for Him, something's wrong. Amen. The closer you get to Him, the more you'll suffer for Him. That's the Bible. But it's also a yoke of surrender. Submission. Amen. It's not just about your freedom or your liberty. You have been freed from the yoke of Satan so that you might submit and surrender your life under the yoke of Jesus. You were not made free and you were not delivered. By the way, you already have been delivered. That's why you don't need to be delivered. If, you ain't, if you're walking in bondage, that ain't God's fault. He's already broke the chains. It's your fault. Amen. You're, you're walking in the flesh that you have been set free from. Instead of walking in the liberty of the, the, the new man of the Spirit. That's the Word of God. Amen. But we are not set free to live for ourselves and to do what we want to and to live any way we want to. No, we have been set free, uh, amen, from one yoke so that we might surrender ourselves to the yoke of another. And one whose yoke is a whole lot better than the old one we were under. How many of you know what it is to be under the yoke of Satan? Man, that's a heavy yoke. Amen. You compare the devil's yoke against Christ's yoke. The yoke of Jesus is a walking apart compared to what it was to be under the yoke of bondage to the devil. Man, if you'd help me preach today, we'd have church. <laughs> There's a maturation. I could preach on this all day. I'm just skimming over it, giving you high notes. Verse 29, this is important. And learn of me. 
Take my yoke upon you. And let me, let me give you another yoke. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's a yoke of service. It's a yoke of uh, suffering and a yoke of submission, but it's also a yoke of study. Part of the yoke of... Part of being yoked up with Jesus means that you become a student of the life of Jesus. You are a pupil. You are a disciple of Christ. Just like those 12 men spent three years of their lives walking around following Jesus, learning everything there was to know about Him so that when He left, they could imitate Him and live their lives like Him. You are to be a student of Jesus. You say, preacher, how do I do that? You need to be a student of God's Word. That's part of the yoke of Christ is to labor and to work diligently as you rightly divide the Word of Scripture. You know what's a lost art in this modern society? Bible study. Man, people want to take the Word of God, read through it, and pick out a verse and make it say what they want it to say. Instead of taking the time to study it diligently within the context of the passage so that they will know the true interpretation of the Word of God. Amen. The yoke of Christ is to learn of Him. You learn of Him as you rest in Him. As you spend time with Him every single day in your prayer closet and in your Bible study. Amen. But there's another way you learn from Him. By taking on Him the yoke of service, the yoke of suffering, and the yoke of submission. The more you serve God, the more you learn about God. That's important. That's why it is in busy. It is important for you to stay busy for Jesus. Amen. Don't have a lot of idle time on your hands. Amen. Spend time serving Jesus. Learn of Him through your service. But here's the best way of all that you learn of Him, and most of him, most of us don't want to learn about Him this way. We learn about Him through suffering. You say, I don't like it. Well, that's God's plan. Might as well learn to like it. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed by the Holy Ghost that's given unto us. The more you suffer for Him and He proves Himself faithful through your suffering, the more you learn of Him and grow and become more like Him. You might as well just like it or lump it, friend. Part of the yoke of Jesus is for you to suffer for Him because it's through your suffering, whether it be physical suffering, whether it be the suffering of injustice or unfairness, tragedy, trials, adversities. Preacher, I don't like it. I understand it. I don't either, but it's for my good. He'll give me the grace to bring my life, conform my, conform my life into the image of His glory through my suffering. Learn about Jesus. Embrace. Paul said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection through the fellowship of His suffering. You'll never know Christ unless you're willing to endure the fellowship of His suffering. Amen. Amen. We'd get kicked out of the prosperity church for this. Hallelujah. There's a disposition. For I am meek and, whole, meek, meek and lowly in heart. 
This is the attitude that we're, we're to have while we wear the yoke of Christ. An attitude of humility. An attitude of selflessness. Amen. An attitude to where we follow His example where Jesus, the Holy God of heaven, the Creator and Sustainer of all things, the One who had the power to speak the worlds into existence, while He was hanging on the cross, all He had to do was speak and 10,000 angels would have come to His rescue. Yet, the Bible says, He made Himself of no reputation. Problem is, in today's church, we're all about our reputation. You know, you ought to pray that every single day. Lord, help me to make of myself no reputation. Anytime you start wearing your feelings on your sleeves, I'm easily offended. Amen? Because it doesn't go my way. Your reputation's becoming too important. Amen? Hey, there's another part of the yoke. It's the selfless yoke. Boy, if Jesus could be humble, we can too. I need to be more humble. I need to to take upon myself the attitude of Christ that He was meek and lowly. A lot of people's wearing the yoke, they're serving Jesus, and they're strutting along while they're doing it. Look at me, look at what I'm doing for Him. No, it's 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 a selfless yoke. Revelation, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Notice the difference. In verse 28, he said, and I will what? Give you rest. You get it? Verse 29, he said, and ye shall what? Find rest. See, part of obtaining the rest of God involves Him giving it to us. But another part of it is us finding it as we wear the yoke, as we yield ourselves, as we submit and surrender our lives, as we suffer for Him, we find the rest of God. See, we want, to give, we want God to give us everything. God, sometimes God says, why don't you go find it? Seek it out and find it so I don't have to do everything for you. Amen. Description and we close. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, it don't always seem that way though, does it? I promise you, when you're the one going through it, when you're the one bearing the burden, when you're the one bound by whatever it is that's afflicting your life, boy, it sure don't feel at that time that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Amen? Anybody be honest? Say, preacher, what I'm going through right now, don't, it don't seem like an easy yoke or a, a light burden. It's heavy. It's hard. But what's that old saying? And I'm, I'm closing. Are you going to look at the glass half full? Or are you going to look at it half empty? It's all about perspective. How we view the yoke of Christ whether it be the yoke of suffering, service, surrender, selflessness, study, 
All of those are, that's a fivefold yoke of Christ. Amen? That He has commanded us to wear. And many times it feels as if it's heavy. And it's hard. He said it's light and it's easy. How are you looking at it? Yeah, when you look at it in light of your circumstances, when you make it about you, instead of looking at it from a selfless position, yeah, it looks hard and heavy. But yet, let's look at it when compared up against the yoke you used to wear and the yoke you used to be bound to. When we compare the yoke of Christ against the yoke of Satan and the yoke of sin, His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Do you agree with the preacher today? Man, I'll tell you, I wouldn't go back to that life if I, if I could. Would you, Tyler? I mean, it's the yoke that you're bearing right now. It's not easy, is it? But is it better than the yoke you used to be in under? The yoke of bondage to addiction is a lot harder and heavier than the privilege to present your life as a living sacrifice for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's all about perspective. When I compare the yoke that I'm wearing now to the yoke that I used to wear, boy, that, that yoke is easy and that burns light. But, you know what really makes it easier and lighter when I compare it against what it's going to be one day? You know, one of these days, God's going to take the yoke off. One of these days, God's going to unhitch the cart from the horse. He's going to remove the harness. And the Bible says this, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us when there's no more yoke. It's all rest. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, sitting at His throne, worshiping Him and praising Him while ages roll. What a day that's going to be when the yoke is finally removed. One other verse, 2 Corinthians 4, I believe it's 17, says, but our light affliction. Do you know the word affliction is reserved to the heaviest, hardest trial you could endure in this life? The worst form of suffering you could ever go through in your life is the word affliction. But Paul says, and Paul went through some affliction. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't gone through no affliction like what Paul went through. He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, <laughs> worketh in us a far more exceeding and eternal moment, affliction, eternal weight of glory. Light affliction, weight of glory. Do you see the contrast of what we're dealing with now as opposed to what it's going to be when we get over yonder? No more yoke. No more burden. No more serving. No more sacrifice. No more suffering. It's just going to be an eternal rest forever with Jesus. And friend, the best news of all I have is we're almost home. And the yoke is getting ready to be removed.
Don't get weary. Come to Jesus. If you need rest, come to Him and ask Him for it. But don't resist the yoke. Submit yourself in your life every single day and view the yoke that you're wearing. Whether it's the the yoke of service, suffering, submission, study, or selflessness. View it as the greatest honor and privilege of your life to wear a yoke for Him as He was willing to wear a yoke for us. Let's all stand today. Father in heaven, I love you. I've done my best to preach the Word of God. And Lord, I thank you that you've helped me and given me the liberty to preach. God, I know that some here today are, Lord, they're carrying that burden. Father, the load's heavy. Father, they're weary. They're tired. They're burnt out because they've been spending so much time laboring for you. Maybe they need to come and cast their burden at your feet and trust you to give them the rest that they need. Father, if there's one today that's lost, Lord, they'll never experience the blessing of being yoked up with Jesus. Father, until they come to you for salvation. But the Bible says that anybody that comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. Father, they do not have to be rejected They don't have to worry about being rejected if they come to Jesus. You will accept them. You will receive them. You will liberate their life. You will set them free from the yoke and the bondage of sin and Satan that they're currently under. And Father, Lord, You will gently place a harness and a yoke on their life that's going to lead them all the way to glory and to heaven. Have Your will in Your way, whether it be somebody that's lost or somebody that's saved or that needs to come to You today for rest. Help them to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. Well, we'll praise you for what you're going to do. In your precious and holy name, we ask these things. As Miss Grace plays softly on the piano, if God has spoken to your heart, why don't you come?